Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, today, David Morrison and I sit down. We talk about uh, this attitude of gratitude, um, the idea of Thanksgiving, and what that means for the upcoming uh, holiday, as well as um, Thanksgiving being the center of the Eucharist. And uh, at the very end, please stick around. Uh, some of the family members and community members of Desert Rain have included um, their thoughts about gratitude and gratitude lists and things of that nature. So, uh, but before we get into that, thank you to Diego at Recording Moving Studios. Thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background right now. Uh, if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruined.com. Uh, other episodes of Desert Rain Community Radio can be found at drcrpod.com as well as the other episode Road to Desert Rain which we will be bringing back in 2022 if you're enjoying what you hear please tell a friend either by word of mouth or uh, social media because that really helps us out we appreciate you and let's get into it Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison. Hola. Happy afternoon. Yes, sir. Um, nice November day. Yes, very nice. It's even a little warm in the in our recording studios. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Here in New York, New York. Uh, yep. If this is your first time, this is Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, dispatches from the Verge. Our other series is Road to Desert Rain. And for all of you that are asking, which is not anybody, but... <laughs> yeah, just in case. <laughs> if you're curious, uh, we will be bringing that up, that, uh, oh, what's it called? Series back in 2022, yes. uh, January. I'm not sure if it'll be every other week like we did it before, but I, I'm shooting for once a month. And we will definitely have one in January of 2022. Um, Marie Espinoza will be the next one, I believe. The philosopher. And the mathematician. And mathematician. And the lady of many hats. Um, but for today, we're going to... So last week, our conversation was in and around sort of going from this charismatic... Uh, idea around worship or around spiritual life and um, evolving or, or, or becoming a, a, a contemplative and sort of David Morrison's uh, journey around that. And um, next week we are starting our Advent series. That's the other thing. I don't know if we've, we've covered that, but it will be a three-part Advent series and a one-part Christmas uh, episode. Um, so if you're hearing this, the next four weeks will be will be that leading up into um, the Tuesday before Christmas. So today we wanted to we're gonna we're gonna do a little little bit something a little bit different and just and kind of look at the the fall season. Uh, Thanksgiving is when this releases. Thanksgiving will be two days away, and just uh, kind of a gratitude. Uh, Thanksgiving type episode and and uh, so I think I think Mr. Mr. Morrison has something to to lead us off with. Yeah, I mean we mood. just came up with this topic like five minutes ago. Literally. So, <laughs> and thank yeah. So Thanksgiving, you know, it's it's a it's often confused to be a holy sacred day and it's it's national. It's it's a federal holiday is what it what it is and. Indigenous peoples have a lot to say yeah, about it, and rightfully so. And so those things all need to be taken into you know into consideration. And but this idea, yeah, I, I think a contemplative life is a life that shows up mm -hmm. where you show up to your own life, and right. And there are some some markers, like, and I think one of them would be gratitude. It's a life of thanksgiving and gratitude, and and it, and it got me thinking of how we deal with each other and um and so right when we started here i just 
thought of this. Uh, it, it, this floats around the internet. Probably everyone out there has heard this, but right. it's still good. It's uh, Fred Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers fame. Mm. Uh, I was always more of an electric company guy myself. Uh, I was Team Rogers, for <laughs> sure. And not Aaron Rogers, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I had ADHD, so they stuck Sesame Street in an electric company to me. Okay, nice. <laughs> so one, two, three. Morgan Freeman was on that show. Was he? Electric company, I did yeah. not know that. So anyway, Fred Rogers, he says, I believe that appreciation is a holy thing. That when we look for what's best in a person we happen to be with at the moment, we're doing what God does all the time. So in loving and appreciating our neighbor, we're participating in something sacred. And so I, I think that really is a summary of what the what we'd call the Eucharistic life, the yeah. life of Thanksgiving. Remember the Greek word for Eucharist is Thanksgiving. So the center of Christian worship, you know, is isn't a folk rock band. Right. Or the Bible, even, or uh, a fancy celebrity pastor. It's it's the Eucharist itself. It always has been, uh, and which is Thanksgiving. So it's the center of of Christian contemplative living. Uh, is this appreciation and this looking at something new and appreciating it for something uh, even more than what it is at the surface level. So, well, and even too, I think. Um... So this this kind of ties in with maybe like family members or people you've known a long time, um, being able to relook at someone, and, yes. and right because we we get our the ideas of like I have my idea of who you are, yeah, right, and I have an idea of who my sisters are and parents yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. But when I when I'm in that place of gratitude and thanksgiving, uh, I can I it gives me an opportunity. Not always I, I fall short, but. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to re-see them as yeah. the multifaceted, complex uh, person that that they are and and that I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of, yeah, uh, the story in the Gospels where the quote-unquote sinful woman crashed the party of the religious people, Simon, and Jesus is there, you know, and and she she busts in and disrupts the entire thing and starts crying at his feet, puts on this crazy display and is uh, breaks open her whole bottle of perfume oh, and right. starts crying. And, they, you know, and they're all upset. Even his disciples are offended. And then he says something very curious. He says, see this woman, look at this woman. Cause she's someone that they would never even, she was a part of the scenery at best of their lives. Basically someone they would just walk by. Yeah. So maybe every day. Completely dismiss as unimportant in God's economy. And here's Jesus saying, look at her for the first time uh, in your life, because this is what uh, devotion is. This is what the heart looks like, um, and it should be your heart. And so, yeah, so to look at one another for the first time. I think C.S. Lewis, there's another quote. I won't look it up, but it, but it <laughs> this, says, I, I want— This will just be the quote episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll just read quotes. We'll just do the social media from quotes. A to Z quotes <laughs> com, you know, kind of thing. Um but he says, I don't, I don't want uh, my idea of God. I want God. Mm. I don't want to see my idea of my neighbor. I want to see my neighbor. And so that, that's, uh, you know, or, and then to add John O'Donohue, which I think we've said this, he often said, uh, no one can see their own face. You can only see a reflection mm. of your own face. Uh, we require community and relationship and friendship. To uh, to be able to to for someone else to see and look upon my face as it is, and so uh, and then you know and then Buddhists would say, well, you can never see the face though for right. the you know for the first time kind of thing. But we won't. I'm not trying to get philosophical here or esoteric. Well, it's, it's really interesting because last episode, and I I only remember this because I li re listened to it to send it off for editing. One of the things you said was because we were talking about. Um, how people have have sometimes put God or put put religion into the Bible, so so the Bible becomes their God or their higher oh, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you you were talking about John Wimber saying the Bible is just a menu, right? Right. And um, something that was, or I, I think it still exists in you. But as a young a young man, you wanted to experience God, 
Right. Yeah. And um, as as we started this conversation, it just that that idea of being appreciative to another person, of giving thanksgiving to another person, that's usually I, I can't even say that. A lot of times when I'm in that mode, that's when I get to see God yeah. in those other people, right? And and be reminded that I'm there a, a drop in the sea we call God. Yeah. I'm a drop in the sea that we call God, and it extends out, um, you know, even to the trees and the atmosphere and, yeah. the, you know, the dirt we walk on, whatever. Um, but I, I personally am unable to experience, have that same experience with, with, uh, with a tree that I can with a human being. Yeah. Cause it yeah. pushes me out of my comfort zone at times. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what are some of the things, uh, that have helped you in your life get to this place of, of, um, experiencing gratitude or being reminded of, of, being thankful, right? Because it's easy to have one day a year where it's like right, list all right, the things that yeah. you're thankful for, but that's you know that doesn't sustain you for the next yeah 360 always, days or whatever. <laughs> it always came across very contrived to me. You know, mm-hmm. list the things you're, you know, which you know in some cases it depends on the context, I guess. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Uh, put into American consumerism, it, it makes no sense, right? It's just, it just mm-hmm. becomes almost a parody and mockery you know and not the good kind you know i'm thankful for my lexus you know that kind of thing right and you just want to put your fist through that yuppie's face you know kind of thing <laughs> just kidding i'm a peaceful man or am i <laughs> come find out <laughs> uh so yeah so there's that but so when it when it's just material possessions it becomes you know kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. in in in, a, in an affluent society at the expense of others Right. You know, and so th- that needs to be held there, and so, so for me, it's it's always been, or you know, my adult life. Yeah, right. You know, it's 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 simple little acts of. Uh, you take a, that first sip of coffee and you enjoy mm-hmm. it a little couple seconds longer than you normally do, and you and you allow the smell of it and the texture of it and the taste of it to wash over you and you allow a Thanksgiving to, to, to wash over you, you know, in that sense. And then you think of the people that you're connected with in that, you know, and so even if it's not the good kind of coffee, you know, that was right, right. harvested off the backs of the poor, <laughs> then you need to hold that mm. and you need to think of them and become aware of that. Uh, you know, so small, small exercises like that, uh, you know, the chair you're sitting on, uh, who had to come together to make that chair uh, for you to sit on today, you know, kind of thing. And you're connected with them. And as you sit with that, there's a gratitude and a thanksgiving of connectedness. So, Well, it's fun. I mean, as you were saying that, the thing that came to mind, it's kind of still, well, it's still in progress, I guess. But my dad, as we're recording this, my father's in in the hospital with, with pneumonia. Um, and seemingly he's getting better. He's uh-huh. better than he was yesterday. But as you were saying that, I just started thinking about like the nurses because I can't go see him with right. the, you know with some of the COVID restrictions. He's only allowed one visitor a day. Blah blah blah. But you know, thinking about the people that are able to physically see him, you know, and and we've sort of documented that with your with yeah. your time in the hospital with your your heart surgeries and and uh, the limited access because um, that you know COVID was even more locked down then. Yeah, it was a scary time. So just, you know, the doctors that are watching over him and the nurses that are, you know, in proximity and, and, um, and for, you know, just putting, for me, just putting blessings on them, yeah you know, allowing God to be with them. And, and, um, cause even, I mean, even if I could be there, it wouldn't, I'm not a doctor or nurse, right? right, right. <laughs> it's for, it would be moral support only. And, uh, so yeah, just, just trying to ripple out those, uh, those things as we, as we appreciate something, being able yeah. to, to ripple out that, like you're talking about. I think it requires you to get outside of your head. Mm-hmm. So connecting it to the contemplative lifestyle or contemplative way, if you will, it, it basically means getting out of your mental processes that most, we spend most of our time 
And so you'll see people like at a, you know, at a store or whatever, uh, the way, the way you'll see how, if you observe how people treat people in the service industry. Mm, okay. So you go, you know, the, the person in line goes and picks up their coffee, uh, doesn't even notice the person that made that, poured that coffee or whatever, or whatever it is, you know, um, because they're just so stuck in their head and what they have to do that day. And so to show, to slow down, get outside of your own, uh, you know, I guess, I guess the way you and I would say is pull your head out of your, your orifice. So <laughs> your so, rectum. Yeah. You Damn know, near killed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And wake up and mm. realize there's people in front of you and, you know, and, and notice them, look at them for the first time, you know, and appreciate them in that way. Well, and Don't I be think creepy. I'm not saying be creepy and well, overly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's funny because I, what I'm about to bring up, and I think about that when I'm doing it, but especially now with wearing masks, right? Like people in the service industry, you know, you're still encountering them and ha they have masks on. And, right. Um, something I've been, and we've talked about on this, on the podcast in the past, but just, because I can't see their entire face, still being very um, mindful and intentional about making eye contact with them and, and just giving them a nod, you know what I mean? And yeah. Because even trying to talk, sometimes it's it's muffled or maybe there's plexiglass in between. Yeah. Just trying to just trying to let them know in some way, shape, or form, uh, like you know, I see you. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. You know, appreciate you and and. But I sometimes walk away from interactions because you can sometimes see in their eyes, like, why is this guy staring at me so <laughs> yeah. intently? Is there something in my eye? What is this guy doing? <laughs> so I'm always like, well, whatever. I know what the intention was. Hopefully, hopefully they're yeah. good with it. But yeah, slowing down and taking a minute to just uh, um, be in community, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Even be if it's for a split second. Showing up to the moments that you have, mm -hmm. you know. Instead of constantly thinking and planning for the moments that you might have, yeah. but might not have either, because you're so stuck in your head, you walk across the street and get nailed by a car, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or you nail someone in yeah, your car because you're yeah. not paying attention. But uh, and to go back just a minute, because um, you know, sort of one of the things that did this idea of gratitude or this, you know, being thankful. One of the th places I I personally did start was gratitude list. You know what I mean, and and that was a place for me. You've, you've done that before. Yeah, I've yeah. I've I've participated in that, and and it's um it's very interesting, at least for my my own personal uh, interaction with it, but also recommending it to other people, is it does start off with very material type things. Yeah, sure. You thank you for my car to get me to work, and you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do it every day, or if you do it, you know, five times a week, or you know, you're you're consistent about it, it's. If, at least during my is like, oh, I can't write while well, I could, but I can't stay at the surface level forever. Right. Wow. So if every day I'm writing, thank you for my car to get me to work. It's like, yeah, well, are you yeah. really pushing yourself to see what you're grateful for? You know, and, and eventually it gets to the place of just like, thank you for for fresh air to breathe. Yeah. Thank you for uh for clean water, right? Because yeah, you, exactly. you learn you learn that. A lot of people in the world don't have access to clean water, yeah. right? Um, thank you for the 30 seconds of that first sip of coffee. Yeah. And allowing me to connect with the, with the, the wider world. And yeah. um, so for some people I have seen where like starting at a, you know, a, a quote unquote gratitude list and just making a commitment every day, I'm going to write down five things I'm grateful for. And if you do that for six months, um, I would I would uh, challenge anyone that six months later they're they're still writing down sort of the consumer type right. gratitudes that are there right um, and and those can be helpful too because then you could also see your privilege because mm. privileged people one of the biggest blinding uh, blinders for them is or for us is that we don't see our privilege. Yeah. Well, everyone else had the same opportunity I had. No, Which they is not, freaking yeah, not did true. not. <laughs> they did not. And yes, it, it can be a, there is some discomfort and pain in uh, recognizing your privilege and, and, and then looking again at those that did not have that privilege. And, uh, and then you can begin to ask even deeper questions of your life. How can I serve with this privilege? Um, mm -hmm. How can I surrender it? You know, uh, 
what what does surrender look like of this privilege and 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 you know that kind of thing what i i can remember well i can't say for the first time but this is one that has stuck with me is uh the two winners three winners however many it was that i lived in um philadelphia mm. and just so you know some of the the work i did volunteer work i did there when i would get home at night and just having a warm access to warm food to yeah. a heater to a comfortable bed that i knew would be warm out of the elements um because there were literally people yeah. on the street in freezing weather that they didn't, you know, they didn't have that same privilege. Yeah. They didn't have that same access. You know what I mean? And and for the most part, Philadelphia does a good job of like taking care of, of the people, but yeah. it's still not perfect, right? Like right. It, it's still a, a it's not a walk in the park. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so so the, you know so then just trying to keep that year round, that idea year round that. Um, I mean, kind of going back to the the parable you brought up about the the lady who brought the perfume to Jesus's feet, right? The unnoticed person. Yeah. So then, going about my my day and noticing those people, right? You know that don't have the same access, and and it, and it even goes back to the same. I would, you know, if they you know said something to me or you know asked me for change or whatever else. I would make eye contact with them and, and be like, I, you know, I don't have any today. Or, you know, if I had 50 cents, like, yeah. here you go. Hope, you know, hope, hope you have a better day or whatever. And just, just make eye contact with them and let them know, like, you're a human to me. Um, and, and if I can help, here's some help. And, yeah, exactly. you know, and, and still knowing that, you know, my quote unquote help is still falling short, but I can't acknowledge them. Right. Exactly. Um, and so <laughs> with people, you know, obviously we're, we're living in an odd time because, cause Thanksgiving was somewhat non-existent last year with the whole COVID thing. And, and this mm -hmm. year, you know, people are kind of, I'm sure some families will be gathering with a lot of people and some family, you know, out of precaution. Just like they did last families. year. <laughs> Other families are not well. I think it's more would be more so this year with the vaccines and everything. Yeah, for you sure. You know what yeah. I mean. And, and um, so, so going into those environments, right? Because because some people have a well, a lot of people have troubled history with their family. Right. right? Yeah, it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And I saw I, what made me think of this. I saw a shirt earlier this week that says. Uh, Going to Thanksgiving and talking about politics, yeah. <laughs> you know, is, is is one of these goofy sort of shirts that you can find online. But um, but sort of going back to this place of of contemplation, of gratitude, of, of trying to put that um, put you know the the love of the Eucharist into the world, right? Yeah, on earth yeah. as it is in heaven, and and so what are some of the things? Um, that you've recommended to people in the past, sort of in your pastoral adventures, as far as like engaging with your family on Thanksgiving and and um, and just being able to show up, if if you're so inclined to do that this year, yeah. right? I, I I'm not sure you, I understand the question. What is? Uh, you know, so if you do have that complicated history with your family, Oh, I see. Yeah, still yeah. being, you know, if, if there's an invite to Thanksgiving and you feel so inclined to show up, you know, being able to show up with that presence of, yeah. of just using it as a time to connect and, and, um, and bring some, bring something to the table, so to speak. Right. Yeah. You should bring a, a friend mm. <laughs> as a buffer, right? <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> I particularly feel bad for for single people in their thirties, especially, or younger married couples that have either chosen not to have kids, mm. uh, and uh, or or can't have kids mm -hmm. or haven't had kids yet, and the pressure. Oh, okay. You know, these, so they're gearing up for these conversations that they don't want to have. <laughs> Why aren't you married yet? Are there any special partners yeah. in your life? The <laughs> <laughs> The butcher up uh, up the street is eligible. He's very <laughs> successful, and just you know, and that stuff. 
on one level could be comedic on the other it's toxic it could be mm. toxic for people and so so if you bring a witness with you right <laughs> come take a load of my crazy ass family <laughs> uh and then the, maybe that person could say at least you have a family to be crazy for. right and then you could you know have a buffer if you will you yeah know? uh so i i think that would be helpful i think other families um in pastoral ministry, you know, there were some family. It was just very difficult because. Uh, so here's here's a here here would be a, a young family, for example, a, a young couple mm-hmm. uh, in their in their early thirties or so, and they have you know two point five kids, and and one on the way, a couple hamsters, uh, <laughs> a couple dogs. Rufus the, the dog. They have their own deal <laughs> happening. They yeah, have a yeah. very busy household going on. Lots of life. Uh, and then the but the but for the mother and the father. Uh, both of their parents are divorced in the same city. Mm. And so they would literally have to, Christmas and Thanksgiving, they'd have to go to uh, theoretically four different mm. meals and places. And and so for some of them, it was a difficult liberation, but it was mm. very liberating for them to say, you know what, we're starting our own uh Traditions. Uh, traditions and mm-hmm. yeah, and we're not going to be joining you this year. You can come over to our house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and some, you know, so I saw people grapple with those those difficult issues, and some it would cause you know a, a clan war, you mm-hmm. know, and others it was very liberating. Um, and so yeah, so it's 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 difficult. Well, it's, it's funny you give that example. I, I dated a woman. I don't remember. If we, I think we dated for two holiday seasons if i remember correctly but yeah my parents are divorced and her parents were divorced so yeah there's and four we meals <laughs> <laughs> i can remember like us like beforehand right like before thanksgiving or before christmas we're like all right we'll go to this house and spend however much time yeah. there and then we need to drive over here you know and, and luckily they were all in the same town yeah, <laughs> at <yeah>. least <laughs> so we had like the map where we made would make a big circle and i can remember at least one of them like just us, I don't even know where we end, you know, and just sitting down and be like, that was exhausting. Yeah, exactly. So, so I couldn't imagine with kids yeah, and, exactly. and everything, you know. And buying gifts, mm-hmm. it's just extremely stressful for most people. And so my, I, I'm a crazy man, so I would say uh, dare to throw it all off mm. and, and flout that convention that right. that you're putting, you're putting it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're going to reject you forever, then maybe that's something worth to be rejected over. <laughs> I personally love being uh, what I would call a Jewish Christmas, which is the Chinese uh, restaurant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, like the the SNL Robert Smigel uh, animated thing. You know, Christmas time for the Jews. Nice. Uh, I don't remember. They all go one. out on the streets uh, on Christmas Day because no one's out there. Right, right, right. <laughs> so they're wreaking havoc on the streets, and uh, and then they fall asleep to John Stewart. <laughs> reruns of of the daily show right. and uh and yeah if it, it's supposed should be a restful time and mm-hmm. and so i i resented it as a as a younger pastor in a mega church it's a very resentful time for me uh the holidays how, how come because they we'd be expected to be at five different services uh, oh i see i see you know you got to keep those seats packed and get the you know I see, and right. it was just ridiculous and so so when we planted our church, uh, we met at a school, and so it wasn't open. We couldn't get it open on Christmas Eve, so oh, we got into the habit of not even of, of making it truly a you know why add one more thing right to frustrated, yeah. exhausted families, and now we gotta gotta Another get them in the church. Yeah. So and even to this day here, uh, we've been out here twenty years almost, a little less than twenty years. Like I forget. After ten, you're just. <laughs> uh, but we've never had a, a Christmas Eve mm. gathering here. And I'm not saying we never will. It's just, you know, why put an extra, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's, so that's flouting. So I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, suggesting anything I haven't done personally. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pushback on that. How dare you not have a midnight mass? Right. Kind what of kind of pastor like, are you? Yeah. And it's like, you know, why don't you go? There's there's hundreds of them in your town. Right. Yeah. There's go to one. Literally hundreds. In, yeah. And in I'm just not, about every city. Oh, you're just trying to get me to not go to your church. Well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> I am. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, guilty as charged. Well, and one of the things I wanted to bring up to, uh, 
you, you, you talked about taking a friend, right, to sort of have a yeah, perfect yeah. time. And, and one of the other suggestions I've heard or, um, you know, thrown out there is like have a time limit. Yeah, like that's have true. like yeah, have, boundaries. Yeah, have some kind of obligation. We're like, yeah, we'll be there at this time, and but we, ha- you know, we we have to leave we need in twenty to, minutes. <laughs> well, you know, whatever it might be. Come out to I mean? the curb. We'll be in the car. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you have curbside service. <laughs> You're like oh, COVID changed stuff. We just do curbside now. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no. But, you know, being like we, but we got to leave at five thirty for you know you know whatever right whatever it might be and and um because then. Because then you don't have to do those mental gymnastics, like, oh, have I been here long enough? Is yeah. it, you know, is it? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, we we have a we have a dead a deadline that we can, you know, and if it if it's a made up deadline yeah, too, yeah. if things seem to be going well, you you know, you can stay fifteen extra minutes or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of like Peter Rollins, the Irish guy, uh, who <laughs> encourages people to take God off from Lent. Oh, uh, right, right, yeah. Uh, you know, take. Take uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas off mm. and, you know, and just like kind of build a – one thing we did with our daughter, it was fun when she was little, was uh, make the house really cold and then we'd watch Polar Express to get that oh, feeling nice. that it was really cold. <laughs> right. It's actual Christmas time. And just build a tent, you know, <laughs> in your den, you know, and hang out there and, you know. Just slow down. Yeah, slow down and, and just enjoy – and you know, and if those people that want you to make an appearance, they can come to your house, you yeah. know, and tell them to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's bedtime. We got to go to sleep. Like yeah, it's three so, p.m. You're like, well, I go to bed early. And I don't mean to simplify. I mean people have complex things. Right, going right, on, right, right. So I, but I'm saying, if, if yes, it's complex enough. So ask yourself what other unneeded complexities are you adding to yourself, and and. It's just social convention is all it is. And it's just family pressure. And so, you know, uh, it might be liberating for you to try flouting it and giving it up. Seeing seeing what it what it looks like and, yeah. and all that. It may be horrific too. I don't know. You know, I, I don't right. know what the results would be. Well, I mean, I think that's the other because you know, like you said, there's so many, so many different layers to this, these types of things that these are yeah, somewhat simplistic answers, but there are also things I've seen work in yeah. the past, you know, and it similar to your friend thing is like in the recovery world, we're like, if you got to go somewhere that, you know, there's going to be drinking regardless if it's holiday times or just, you know, right. whatever. That's one of the things we say is like, take a sober friend, you know, take yeah. someone that's in the program with you that, you know, you can, can be that buffer and, and be the, like yeah. the quote unquote, like, Oh you know, if you're like, oh man, I'm really thinking about using or drinking, then right. they can be like, oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta go, everyone. Sorry, and uh, oh yeah, Jeff here gave me a ride, so can you yeah. can you take me home and and, and kind of have that um, ripcord, if you will. Yeah, exactly. If, if things you know start getting sideways, or if they, you know, if if things just go bad in general, you know, and, and I think um, for sober people, people in recovery, uh, I think it. it you know, holidays are very difficult, I'm sure, uh, more so because, you know, every drinking yeah, is, right. is everywhere. Uh, and so I think it re- requires them to uh, actually come up with more creative ways to have fun and to engage each other and uh, well, come up with, fun, you know, real fun. Yeah, and one of the cool things that places will do is they'll have 24-hour meetings. So, uh, like, from 7 okay. p.m., so I guess Christmas is a little bit better example, but from like 7 p.m. Christmas Eve to 7 p.m. Christmas Day, wow. they'll, they'll they'll have a meeting one right after the other, yeah. and people will volunteer for uh, different time slots. and And New Year's is another, and I mean Thanksgiving places do it as well. But it just having an outlet that like if yeah. like if you are alone, you know, one of the cool things, and I'm sure lots of places I I've lived have done this, but. One of the cool things in Philadelphia was one of the groups had a Thanksgiving dinner for some of those people that didn't have family, right? Yeah, like, it's a I good didn't, thing. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I lived there and um, at least one of the Thanksgivings, I didn't, I don't remember what happened. I wasn't able to make it home for that Thanksgiving. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and I had friends and they invited me out and everything and uh, over to their house and stuff. So, but it was just it was just a cool thing to have another gathering of yeah. 
friends, so to speak, and, and just come together and do a potluck and, and hang out. Right. And it's, you don't have the same baggage with your family, right? You don't yeah, have. Exactly. <laughs> so um, there's different outlets for sure. Yeah. And you should be free to, to do that. You know, don't look to Jesus as the poster child for family values. <laughs> you know, he's, because yeah. he's not, you know. I think we covered that in one of the, yeah. the Advent. Yeah, ones, I think right? we did. Yeah, the cult of the family, I think. Yeah. So a lot of it, a lot of it stems from that and it's pressure that you don't need. Uh, and it's a spirituality that's, that's really not, it doesn't serve you. So anyway. Um, and so, I mean, we still, we still got some time, but sort of going from this idea of, of thanks, thankfulness and, and, um, you know, that really being the, yeah, uh, the middle of the Eucharist. Right. Um, and sort of rolling that, you know, and, and maybe just in a very general way, since we do have a, a four-part series around Advent and Christmas, but just sort of springboarding us into that, pointing in that direction of, of um, you know, this idea of the Eucharist, this idea of the yeah. contemplative life and, and just sort of how we can harness that today in, in preparation for the Advent season that's upon us. Yeah, I, you know, the, I think the Irish say something like, uh, there's only two types of stories Really, at the end of the day, there's only two stories. One is a stranger comes to town, mm. and the other is uh, someone left on a journey. <laughs> so those are the only two stories. So in prayer, it's kind of the same way. There's, uh. there's really only uh, help and thank you uh, when you yeah. summarize all prayer. You know, and, and Meister Eckhart, the, the Dominican-German uh, medieval mystic, said if if you pray if if thanks is the only prayer you ever pray pray your whole life it's sufficient it will be enough thanks is is everything you know and and so uh you know and, and you know and it's in the Jesus tradition as well you know don't you don't need to spend long litanies of prayers mm -hmm. of words you know so a simple thank you uh and and just resting in that sense of gratitude and thanks, sitting in it, and then the help too, you know, help God, you know. So to, with the help, you have to work out some psychological, emotional baggage, you know. You have to unload it, you know. God help me, they're gonna kill me. The IRS is after me. Oh God, oh God, oh God. You know, you gotta have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Uh, well, so yeah, and even so, uh, you know, I. I I feel like I I haven't heard that exactly phrased the way you just did it, but you know, sort of in a general way. But it it made me think of going back to that human connection, you know. And when I go to someone, when I can put my ego aside and go to someone and say, "Hey, I need help with this," yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever whatever it might be, maybe it's my yeah. taxes, right? <laughs> maybe you know, so I don't. So the IRS isn't chasing me down. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, or, you know, someone that goes out of their way to help, help me out. You know what I mean? There, there's a, uh, a couple guys at work that have over the last year have really, uh, in my opinion, gone out of their way to like help me yeah. out and, and teach me, right? Like show me like, well, no, this is a better way to do it. And yeah. this is sort of the industry standard, if you will. Anyways, and just trying to think of ways like, okay, how can like, how can I thank these guys? You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And being able to like, you know. It's on. It's fresh on my mind because it just happened. But reach out to you know one of our superiors at work and be like, hey, these two guys are like really have done a lot the last twelve yeah. months to to um to teach me and I just you know and and so getting back into that thank you prayer. But my all that all that be, being said is at this stage of my life, I'm fairly good at asking for help and saying thank you. Hmm. But as you were describing it turning those two things into prayer. Yeah. Right. And really being conscious of when I say, go to someone and say help. Yeah. Realizing that that's a prayer between me and this person. And the same thing when I go to someone and say, thank you or express, express that, um, that gratitude for them yeah. being in my life or, you know, or, you know, or even maybe it's just a passing, you know, when I grab the coffee, when the person hands me the coffee, yeah, yeah. being sure to look them in the eye and say, thank you. You know, and and but allowing it to be a prayer instead of just two words, yeah. That I commonly use, or to take it as another step would be, because we all have people in our lives that pathologically are helpers, 
Mm. But they never ask for help. Yeah. And it's very easy to take these kind of people for granted. Mm -hmm. And so your act of Thanksgiving for them would be to keep an eye on them uh, and, and look for opportunities to help them uh, because they, they're the type of people that can't, they can't ask for it for some reason. They haven't made that step in their lives, but they're always helping everyone else. Right. And, and I don't think it's healthy, but it is what it is. And so as an act of gratitude for them, not just their help, but for them would be to, uh, to yeah, make sure they're okay. Reach out to them. Um, you might get lucky. They might bite someday. Right. <laughs> well, and I think it's, it. I, I think even in the act of reaching out, right? So if you, once a month you're reaching out to, because there are people that are just yeah. constantly going above and beyond, right? For everyone around them. Yeah. And so if you reach out once a month and be like, hey, what's going on? Anything I can help with? Um, you're building that bridge. So yeah. That maybe yeah. when they do get to that exactly. point that they can actually reach out to you and be like, hey, I know you've been bugging yeah. me for the last six months and X, Y, and Z happened. Can you, yeah, you know, can exactly. you give me a ride to the airport or, you know, it, something simple, right? Our car is on, you know, is broken down. I need to get yeah. groceries. Yeah. Let me give me a couple hours and I'll be there and we'll go, we'll go do a grocery store. Yeah. You know, it can, um, so it, it, I, I think even in just the act of asking, yeah, exactly. Hey, do you need anything? And that um, is the prayer. Mm. You know, people that have spent their lifetime praying or years praying, not even necessarily years, but a lot of them will, will secretly tell you or not so secretly, will say, I haven't said a prayer in 10 years. And, and your jaw will drop. Why? And they're like, I just am prayer. Mm -hmm. My life is a conversation with God. And I think, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but uh, about five years ago, my dad had a stroke. Have I, have I talked about that before? I don't think so. So he had a stroke and he couldn't speak. Because mine did too five years ago. I don't, <laughs> oh, think we've, I don't think we've talked about this. Yeah, you know, and he couldn't speak, and mm. but was able to write. So the brain is so strange. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote, you know, when he was in the, the emergency room, you know, he wrote, uh, my gift to the world, finally, you know, I can't talk. And uh, <laughs> you know, so he wrote that on a piece of paper, you know. And so, you know, and he got, he was stubborn, wouldn't go in right away. So it was like within... The last two minutes, you're supposed to get a shot of some sort to restore your, your brain function. Oh, and if I they don't get that shot within an hour of having the stroke, you're, uh, it's going to be permanent damage. And so he got it like within the last two minutes or That's something amazing. like that. So we were settling him in. By this time, it's like past midnight. It's always past midnight after the emergency room. Of course. Right? Yeah. And we're nothing in, nothing in the emergency room happens during the day. <laughs> yeah, nothing's fast. You might show up during the day. <laughs> And so we're, you know, getting him settled and all that. And I had brought a rosary with me. He's a practicing Catholic, goes to Mass every day. Uh, Does he really? Yeah, they always have. My parents. Yeah, I didn't to, know that about your parents. They go to Mass every day. Cool. And uh, Anyways. Just like Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how drunk he got the night before, he always dragged his ass into Mass the next day. Like a good boy. Good Catholic boy. <laughs> uh, anyway, and um, so I handed him a rosary and said, here's something to do. <laughs> and he was, and he's, you know, and by this time it was already hours. And so his speech was returning slowly and he was speaking in broken, broken patterns. You right. know? And he said, I, I don't need to. And he, and he basically said in his broken stroke speak, uh, mm -hmm. uh, said, you know, when he had the heart attack, he had a heart attack at 52, mm. same age. I had a heart attack. Yeah. We did talk 52. about that a little bit. I think, um, he said he made peace with God then. And he made peace with death. And then he said, I don't pray anymore. I am prayer. And uh, so I, and I was just like, damn, I'm just, this guy's a jock. Right. <laughs> Never had a profound conversation with him, you know, outside of, uh, you know, sports. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's, and here he is dispensing this wisdom. I'm supposed to have that wisdom. Damn it. Well, the beautiful thing, too, is that it brings it full circle. Because you resaw your father, yeah. in that moment, exactly. You know, even though it, it, and some, you know, a lot of times it does take tragedies, but yeah. you know, sitting in a hospital room, you were able to have that uh, ability to resee him. Yeah, and then recently, my older brother had a stroke, a series of small strokes, and I talked to him 
and he's been living in Austin, Texas since the 80s. Right. So I couldn't tell that he had a stroke or if it was his Texas accent. So I just thought <laughs> I'd throw that out there. Just <laughs> Texas, it just made him a little slow. <laughs> we kid, we kid. We love you, Austin. It's a good place to visit. <laughs> Was there more to the story about your brother? Oh, no. I just wanted to take a shot at (laughs) I was waiting for him to dispel some more. I mean, he asked me in the conversation, how did the Morrisons and the Kleins, all of our (laughs) patriarchs in our family, were chain-smoking alcoholics. Right. And uh, and so he was like, how did they all live into their 70s? And I said, well, it's ironic because it was the chain-smoking and the alcohol that kept them alive longer. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, who knows how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think that was, that's like a really good place to kind of come full circle and just, you know, as as we as we lead into this season of the holidays, the expectations that are put upon us, um, maybe take some time to reevaluate the expectations that that you agree with, yeah, and that fit in your life, and the expectations that have either been put on you, whether it's socially. Or maybe your family or, or you know, yeah. some other force um, that doesn't seem to serve you anymore. Yeah. Take a risk. Throw it off. They'll call you an animal probably. But, you know, what are you, an animal? And you just say, kind of, yeah, that's right. What kind of wildness are you into? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, David Morrison and I, uh, we had a conversation earlier this week and we kind of realized, we kind of uh, had that moment that that's kind of what draws us together. Is yeah. our is our wildness and our, our yeah. ability to poke poke fun at situations and and uh, makes us feel at home, but that's not true for everyone. Yeah. We gain we gain some energy off of creating awkward moments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we Amen love comedians that. that make you feel awkward and yeah. uncomfortable. Make you uh, reevaluate what you thought. So uh, it's a little bit shorter episode. I am going to try uh, something so uh, it might end up being an hour. All right. Um, I'm not going to, yeah, I'll just, I'll re-record it, another introduction after this outro if it ends up coming together. Uh, thank you to um, Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background, Jacob Nedia. Uh, thank you to Diego, uh, Recording Moving Studios. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, sir, Mr. Mason. Happy uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, to you too. And yeah, thank you for everyone that that uh, has taken time to listen to this. Uh, we uh, we appreciate your time and we appreciate your input. And uh, yeah, that's my my gratitude to y'all. And we'll we won't see you next week, but we'll be in your podcatcher next week. Have a good one. In the last couple of years, um, going to a place of Thanksgiving has been extremely healing for me. Um, Because it's helped me shift focus when uh, life gets hard and kind of painful. For me, thankfulness is a key to everyday living. Paul said in Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always. That was a key to his contentment whether he was in a prison or in a palace. I feel the same way. I try to find things that I'm thankful for each day and focus on those things rather than the constant string of troubles that pop up throughout the day. This is Daniel West. I'm really grateful for the gift of community that Desert Rain has provided for me and my family, especially being separated during the COVID pandemic. It's really helpful having a group of people that love us and support us. I'm grateful for comfortable socks and for when someone other than me makes coffee. I'm grateful for education for desert sunrises and sunsets. I'm grateful for songs that make us travel in time, for books, art museums, for times I meet a stranger and I feel like we've already met, for friends who become family, and for the times that I feel understood, heard and respected, Um, and welcome and included. And I'm grateful for my dog, really grateful for my dog and my cat and my children. I'm Paul West. And this is Birgit West. 
And these are the things that we're grateful for. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for my dogs, my rabbits, my birds. And I'm grateful for um, all of my friends and everybody that that um, was involved in getting us a new roof. Um, I'm forever grateful um, for Greg Steele for getting that going, and we we appreciate him very much. And um, I totally agree with that. That was the big thing this year in the summer that we're immensely grateful for, and everybody who was involved, my work also, uh, and everybody who came together and did that for us, that was amazing. And I'm also grateful for our family, for that we love each other and for the animals also grateful for the job because I know a lot of people lost their jobs this year and grateful for that we have what we need. Um, and God is good always. Yes, he is. This year and every year, I am very grateful for my family and my friends near and far. I'm grateful for a desert home, a place I can go to to rest and relax and renew every year and to come back to my job that I love very much. Gratefulness is one of the most important traits in my life. I try very hard to focus on practicing it every day. If I'm looking for things that I'm thankful for, things that I appreciate, things of beauty in my life or in my day, in those around me, I tend not to only enjoy myself more, but I also tend to be more patient, more kind, and more Christ-like to those around me. My family, community, and co-workers all need that extra encouragement, extra patience, and grace that I tend to bring when I'm focused on the blessings rather than things that have gone wrong or things that are frustrating me. A lot of good things happen when I focus on and practice being grateful. So yeah, gratefulness is really important in my life. <laughs> 